This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. As believers in Jesus Christ, by faith, we see heaven from a distance. We see heaven from a distance. Though we may not see it physically, it is by faith. We know we'll enter the kingdom of God. We know we'll be in heaven before the Lord. We see it afar off, and we are sure of it, and we embrace it. That's how we live. That's faith. You embrace it. You're sure of it. And we confess it. Have you ever been out on a long open road at night? Perhaps you're starting to fade and ready to turn in for the night, and then you see it. You see the light of the city up ahead. The closer you get, the brighter it becomes. In today's message, Pastor Eddie teaches us about the heavenly city that's waiting on the road up ahead of us. Can you see it? Doesn't it give you hope? Maybe you're getting tired now, but the closer you get, the brighter it shines. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. As he continues his message... The Faith of the Patriarchs. Miracle birth has happened. When you look at the genealogy of Jesus Christ from the patriarch Abraham, right? Sarah, 90 years old, she gives birth. The next one is the wife of Isaac, right? Rebecca, she was barren, right? The next one was Rachel, she was barren. And then you get to the Virgin Mary, she didn't know a man. Miracle birth in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. Gabriel, when he went to Mary, and she said, how is this since I don't know a man? Meaning she never had a relationship or never consummated a marriage. In Luke chapter 1, verse 37, it says, the angel said to her, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing means nothing. (laughs) Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And so Sarah, by faith, by faith, she received the strength to conceive seed, it says, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him, God, faithful who had promised. It is God who's faithful. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. Paul writes this to Timothy. He says, if we are faithless, which we are, we'll always will be, he, the Lord, remains faithful. And she knew that. I may not be faithful. And she probably thinking back, I wasn't faithful when I first laughed. I wasn't faithful on my way over to the time up to glean the birth, but God was faithful. I believed, and I gave birth because of him. He is faithful. Now look at verse 12. It says, therefore from one man, he's pointed at Abraham, therefore for one man and him as good as dead, it's probably speaking of the fact that he is close to age, of death, or he was sterile, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. 
Abraham was a hundred years old when he became a dad. A hundred years old. And he became the father of many nations. Plural. Nations. His descendants continue on to this day. Go to the Middle East. Israel. The Jews. The Arabs. All came from Abraham's seed. He became the father of many nations. And is what we call the Abrahamic covenant. It was a covenant that God made to Abraham. If you want to study those covenants. Genesis chapter 12, 15 and 17. Genesis chapter 12, 15 and 17. But God used a great man of faith who would bring forth many nations. The Jews, the Arabs, and the third includes you. Those of faith. Now you may say, oh, okay, yeah, okay, what? No. You are part of the nation that God promised. Paul points this out in several places, but I'm going to read what he wrote to the church in Galatia. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 6 to 9, this is what Paul wrote. Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted for him as righteousness, we read that, right, in Genesis 15, 6. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith, of faith, not blood, of faith, are sons of Abraham. And the scriptures foreseen that God would justify the Gentiles. So that includes you, most of us. I know there's a lot of Messianic believers. Foreseen that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations, plural, shall be blessed. So then, those who are of faith, that's you, Gentiles, Jews, or whatever you are, is either two Gentiles, are blessed with believing Abraham. So that's why we call him Father Abraham. He's the father of faith and he's Father Abraham. When we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior, we became children of faith. We are the children of Abraham by faith. Amen? I think that's exciting. God shows partiality to no one. God could have chosen any people. He could have chosen the Asian. He could have chosen the Italians. He could have chosen the Africans. He could have chosen anyone. Christ had to come in the form of man. And whoever that people or nation is, where Christ would come from, they were to set an example to all the nations of the world. And I don't know if you ever saw that Broadway show or movie, Fiddled on the Roof. I like Tevya. I like that movie. <laughs> He says, Lord, couldn't you choose someone else? Because the Jews always been persecuted because they were the chosen people, not that they were special. The Lord said, I chose you, not because you were mighty in number. I chose you because I loved you. God couldn't have chosen anyone. But you have been grafted in. You've been grafted in because of faith. Look at verse 13. It said, these all died. Now he's talking to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These all died in faith, not having received the promise. They had faith, and then they died. <laughs> Didn't see many of these things being fulfilled. They died before having full possession of the promised land. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob never made it to the promised land. Okay? Moses never made it to the promised land. It was Joshua who led the children of Israel into the promised land after the exile of Egypt. But they had faith and they lived as if every day, whether they see it alive, they knew it was going to happen. That is why Abraham didn't focus on the things here. Abraham focused on the things 
that are unseen, that's eternal. Verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were sure of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. And that's faith. Faith until God takes you. Whether you see it or not, I believe, Lord, what you said will happen. Heaven and earth will pass, but your word will now pass. And I may not be alive to see what you're going to do, but you said you're going to do it. You're going to do it, whether I'm here or whether I'm not. And that's the way God works. These hall of faithers, these patriarchs, they made it clear, not only to themselves about this faith, this promise, but to everyone, even the foreigners that were around them in the very land that they were promised. And saints, this is an example for you and I. This is why we study the word of God. This is why it applies for us today. Because as believers in Jesus Christ, by faith, we see heaven from a distance. We see heaven from a distance. Though we may not see it physically, it is by faith. We know we'll enter the kingdom of God. We know we'll be in heaven before the Lord. We see it afar off, and we are sure of it, and we embrace it. That's how we live. That's faith. You embrace it. You're sure of it. And we confess it. And though that we're pilgrims in this land, sojourners here on earth, our citizenship is in heaven with Jesus Christ. And that's why we study the Old Testament too. Many people say, oh, it's just a New Testament. That's what you need, New Testament. Well, let me tell you something. You are not fully, if you're just a New Testament reader and you only believe in the New Testament, you're not really studying the Bible. Because there's a lot of gaps, many gaps that you need to explain that you are not able to explain because you ignored the Old Testament. Okay, the cross is the hermeneutical filter between the Old and the New Testament. And this is why is an example to us. Abraham is a hall of faither because he believed in God. Verse 14, for those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. They declare this. We declare it because we seek a homeland. We're looking to the heaven as our homeland. Verse 15, and truly if they had called to mind, meaning remember that country from which they had come out of, they would have had opportunity to return. In other words, you know, it's very common that one who leaves a country and lives in another country, it's very common that we have a desire or maybe an idea to go back to where we were born and raised, to our people, whatever it is. Abraham did not have that. Isaac didn't have that. Jacob didn't have that desire. They remained because they believed. Abraham's from Ur of Mesopotamia. He never went back, never even made the effort. They didn't even recall it. But what he's saying here, the writer's saying it, because if they had it in mind, they would have had the opportunity, they had plenty of opportunity to go back. But they were looking to something that was eternal, the internal. Verse 16, but now, here it is, they desire a Better, that's the theme of Hebrews, right? They desire a better, that is a heavenly country. They fixed their eyes on the heavenly things. They desired a better. And it says at the end of verse 16, Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. Well, he has prepared a city for them. You see, it makes you think that if God is not ashamed of them, can God be ashamed of others? Hmm. It says, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, right? What does it say? But without faith, it's impossible to please him. 
And it says at the end of verse 16, for he has prepared a city for them. That's heaven. Now, back to Hebrews and back to Abraham. We're going to see the fourth way, and he showed great faith. And it's by offering. It's by the offering. By faith, we're going to read verses 17 to 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he would have received the promise, offered up his only begotten son. Sounds familiar? Of whom he said, in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received them in a figurative sense. So by faith, Abraham, think about this. You waited a hundred years for a son, and God tells you, go sacrifice Isaac. Oy vey, Lord. At this time, Isaac is in his 30s, so Abraham is about 130 years old right now. You know, the picture's about the little boy being sacrificed. That's not true. That's not biblical. He was older. You know, he's about in his 30s. There's a reason why. I'm going to get to that. Abraham said, 130, Lord, I can't find the remote at 90. 130? Think about it. Sarah is going to be 120? He didn't question. Didn't question. There's no argument there. He was faithful. That's why. That's where he set the faith. God gave him to me. And what to say at the end of verse 19? He said, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. He believed that even if he followed through with it, that God would raise him up. However, that's not the plan God had. God wanted to show Abraham something. You see, he said, take your only begotten son. Well, let's read Genesis 22, verse 2. This is what the Lord said to him back in Genesis chapter 22. The Lord said to Abraham, take your son, your only son. It's the only time, is first time mentioned in the Bible. Isaac, whom you love. The first time the word love is mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 22, verse 2. Doesn't that remind you, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he says, and go to the land of Moriah. Moriah? Mount Moriah? It's Golgotha. You see, it's, it's all coming together. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall show you. So he's telling, Abraham, take your son, the only begotten son whom you love. Go. And the next morning, Abraham, take two of his witnesses. You notice the two, right? So he's going up. Abraham and his son Isaac and the two witnesses, they're going to the mountain, to the very place where Jesus Christ will be crucified in that same mountain some 2,000 years later. God was showing Abraham, you see how you're about to sacrifice your son? My son, Jesus Christ, is going to be sacrificed. And this is what you're going to do. So Isaac is carrying the wood. He says, Father, walking up with the wood. We have the wood. We have everything we need, the fire. Where's the sacrifice? You're getting old. You're forgetting things. Where's the sacrifice? And what Abraham said was important. God himself. Himself. Meaning him will provide the sacrifice. So the wood, he's carrying the wood up the hill. What did Jesus carry up the hill? The cross, the wooden cross. Jesus was crucified between two thieves, the two witnesses that waited. And the same place, this here is prophetic. This was a plan. God had this plan to redeem the sins of the world from the very beginning. And God's showing, listen, how you almost going to sacrifice your son on this mountain with wood? I'm going to do it with my son. And so Abraham was about to complete the sacrifice. 
And the angel of the Lord said, don't do it. Don't hurt the lad. Now I know. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's extreme faith, right? Is he a man of faith? Yes. And then he saw a ram caught in the thicket. Not a lamb. The Bible made it clear it was a ram because the lamb is only reserved for the lamb of God, Jesus Christ. No one can say, yeah, the lamb was provided right there in the thicket. No, it wasn't a lamb because it doesn't have horns to be caught in the thicket. The horns of the ram was caught in the thicket. So you see, all this, by faith he did, and I'm so grateful that he was faithful because now we're able to read it when we read Genesis chapter 22. It showed us that God had a plan from the very beginning that he would send his only begotten son whom he loved. Now, the other Hall of Faithers, verse 20, by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. At first, Isaac didn't want to bless Jacob, you know, to take the blessing because he loved Esau. Esau was the firstborn, okay? Isaac loved Esau because Esau was a man's man. He's that guy that had the shotgun in the back of the pickup truck. He was a hunter, Jacob was in the tent watching the cooking channel with mom, okay? So Jacob, and you know, they're different. And Isaac already knew that God said that Jacob, that he said the older shall serve the younger, okay? When Rebekah was pregnant with both of them, they were twins. And she inquired of the Lord, okay, I've been barren. Now I have this little battle in my womb. And the Lord says, there's going to be two, the older shall serve the younger. And that was already promised. And Isaac knew that. But Isaac, he wanted his son Jacob. And you remember when Esau, he was hungry. And Jacob, he got some recipe from the cooking channel. And he said, hey, you make me a bowl of stew? And he was hungry. And Jacob said, well, if you sell me the birthright, right? He said, what good is the birthright? You can have it. Come time to lay hands for the blessing. You see, he didn't get the blessing. It had to be with Jacob. And that's like the world. Esau is like the flesh. You know? They only want the blessing. They don't care about the birthright. You got to be born again through Jesus Christ. That's the birthright you need in order to get the blessing. Because there are people who just want blessing. Oh, I want God to bless me. Oh, God, hear my prayers. Oh, Lord, I want this. I want this. And you hear people say, you know what? My friend, they're seeking the Lord, they're seeking God, but they're not saved, or they haven't repented and accepted Jesus Christ, Lord, a personal Savior, but they're seeking God. No, they're seeking the benefits of God, but they're not seeking God. They don't want that birthright. They don't want to be born again. They don't want to be converted. And so he went on, he senses came to his head, okay, you're right, you know, because he got the birthright, he has to get the blessing. And so he blessed Jacob and Esau. Verse 21, the next hall of faith, there's Jacob, right? By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph. And worship leaned on the top of his staff. And so Joseph had two sons, right? Ephraim and Manasseh. Manasseh was born first. The same thing. Ephraim was second. But it was Ephraim who's going to get what is called the birthright. Now, in Hebrew, so you can understand. Firstborn doesn't always mean born first. Firstborn doesn't always mean born first. In the Hebrew, and you also find it in the New Testament, it means priority. That's why Jacob was the priority, where the older had to serve the younger. Here, the same thing. Manasseh was the firstborn of Joseph, and then Ephraim. And then when Joseph brought his two sons, he put 
Manasseh by his right hand. He placed him right there. Okay, I'm going to put Manasseh on the right hand of my father, Jacob. And I'm going to put Ephraim on the left hand because the right hand is where the blessing is coming from. He's the one. Jacob went like this. And Joseph said, oh, man, he's getting old. Oh, dad, you know, this is my firstborn. I know what I'm doing. The right hand bless Ephraim. No, the right hand bless him. But later on, God said, Ephraim is my firstborn. Is God wrong? Doesn't God know who's born first? Manasseh. What he means by firstborn means priority. Jesus is the firstborn of the dead. Was he the first being raised from the dead? No, in fact, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead before he died on the cross. But he's the firstborn of dead, meaning that his death is a priority. So you can understand that as students. Verse 22, we come to a close. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instruction concerning his bones. Joseph knew of the promise. And this is what he said in Genesis chapter 50, verse 24, 25. It says, And Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He believed that. Even though Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did not get there, he believed it. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry my bones from here. That was fulfilled in Exodus chapter 13, verse 19. And it says, And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. Joseph even knew. He said, yeah, they may even bomb my body. They may do it in the Egyptian way, taking care of my body, you know. That's when they take all the organs out of the nose, the brain. They just fish it all out. But Joseph didn't care. He said, that's what you may do, but I want you now, when I die, take my bones to the promised land. Even when he died, he knew that I didn't see it. My father didn't see it. My grandfather, Isaac didn't see it. My great-great-grandfather, you know, Abraham didn't see it. But this is true, by faith, there is a land, and for you and I, it's the same way. The same way. We saw faith, faith, faith seven times. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Abraham lived by faith. By faith, he waited. By faith, he made an offering. By faith, Sarah mustered up the strength to give birth to the promised child. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. By faith, Jacob blessed Joseph, and Joseph believed. Amen? And tell you, this is what we are to live by faith. This is all temporary. All temporary. But we look at the things that are unseen in heaven. Amen? You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie's been digging into the book of Hebrews in a series called Jesus is Better. This book touches on so many amazing things, but really ties in the Old Testament covenant with the New. The author mentions the importance of the high priest and the sacrifices that were made. But the point is that Jesus became the high priest and also the sacrificial lamb for all people. Isn't it amazing how Jesus fulfilled all that was in the Old Testament? It's because Jesus became the high priest that now we can go to him for our strength, our courage, and our hope. Another way to come to God is in prayer. Jessica wants to tell you more about this. Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience. 
and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program, and we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. While you're there, you can find all sorts of information about Calvary Chapel of Milford. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you come visit on a Sunday morning. You'll find service times and directions on our website, runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks for listening to Running the Race.